All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the We're Kicking It podcast, where I get the privilege to talk to the legends and warriors of the martial arts world. Today, I am being joined by the founder of Checkman, Leo Vieira. And did I pronounce that right, sir? Yes. Yeah? Yes. All right. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I was, I was, I was working all night. I'm like, how do you pronounce his last name? How do you pronounce? His no. Last yeah. Name? That's that, that. That's it. It's Vieira. Yeah. I guess it helps that. I speak Spanish and then Portuguese and Spanish kind of go hand in hand. So I was yeah, no, no accent. Yeah, no very accent. good, very good. Brazilian, Brazilian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it feels good to hear that. Uh, born in Rio de Janeiro, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, how was that for you? How was life growing up in Rio? Oh, it was super nice because I grew up about one block by the beach in the beautiful Rio de Janeiro in Ipanema. So it was a privilege. And a blessed to to born and be created and grow up over there, especially with the whole traditional, you know, from Rio, jiu-jitsu, acai, and surfing. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, you, you just said my next question. You, you surfed. I know because I know you started jiu-jitsu at, at an early age, but everyone that I've talked to that's from Brazil, they surfed. So you yourself, you surfed too? Uh you know, you need we need to define surf. If you look at surf as jiu-jitsu, no, I don't surf. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I can say that I have a lot of fun. You oh, know, okay. and uh, and uh, I think the community it's a pretty same. You know, like everybody, you know, like the same way they enjoy to be on the mat. We enjoy to be like they enjoy to be in the, in the water. We enjoy to be on the mat. So mm-hmm. we we live for this lifestyle. So we we are, we are, we pay any price. To live that dream, so it's pretty similar, but also it's a very like uh, uh, complete, like a like it's it's way that is my hobby, relax, and it's good. And then we sometimes we have a opportunity to travel in the world. We have affiliations in Hawaii and in Australia and in different places that we can go training and surfing. So you have good mix. That's a good mix right there. And again, you started just to. At an early age, age six, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, like was a, I don't I don't know really when it really start, but mm-hmm. uh, I know my first like card, my official like uh, I, uh, like a uh, federation. Mm-hmm. It's 1985. I was already wow. yellow belt, so oh I like I'm from '76, so mm-hmm. I should be like uh, with it, yeah, you know, like ten years old. Yeah, so ten. I start for yellow belt. I should start at least like one year before. Oh, know? okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and your first instructor was Romeo Cal- Calvan Calvan Canti. Cavalcanti, yes, Romero Cavalcanti. Oh, that's the one I returned. How was it like? How how was he like? You know, he was like one of my father. He was my father. You know, like the way he was not like as a professor, the coach, but he was a very very nice guy. Always like taking care of with all kids, students, like a. Very concerned about what kind of example he's gonna have on the mat and how he push and he guides us, their students to their life. So I was a blessed to be the first that kids group, you know, like he was open. I got invited for training. Otherwise, in Jiu Jitsu, we used to be very expensive back in the time. Uh, I cannot afford. And, uh, but because my father was working in the building and he knows Jacare, so Jacare invited me to, to go. Yeah. And it was an opportunity that, that was fun for me, you know, and then change this lifestyle in Jiu Jitsu was changing 
during like uh, the same way that I was getting mature, like maturing myself and grow up, was the jiu-jitsu was getting different perspective for me. Wow! So you fell in love with the sport right away, then? Yeah. yeah. As like, but as a kid, it was so much fun. You know, not that much because as a kid, you don't want to get beat up by the girl. <laughs> there are a lot of ego as a kid. So, but uh, jiu-jitsu was taught me uh, about so much about. My limitation, balance, how I was about myself. I was a kid that was very, like a shine and a hard to, hard to communicate. So jujitsu became a way to communicate myself with the world and it became and deal with my limitation, deal with my, you know, like something that I was personal, uh, issues. And when I was, uh, And then be, and then find myself uh, have a good balance, confidence myself, and then and then and then to help me to develop myself as a grown man. Later. Yeah. So I I mean, and I don't know, this could be for any martial arts, but it's sort of like a triangle. It's at the bottom, it's it's bigger, and then it yeah. gets smaller in the top. The, did you grow up with any of your friends or anything practicing jujitsu? And are they now uh, like on top of that triangle, like with you as a black belt? Or do you see a lot of a lot of friends just fall off and not train anymore? You know, I grew up with a, two different like words oh. because I was the poor kid living in a nice neighborhood and nice street because my father was working for them. So I was a kid walking with the kids that live uh, like some privileged kids that live in in apartments, nice neighborhood, you know, with uh, different opportunities. The same time I was going to school with my all other friends and I make a lot of friends from the from the my public school, from the favelas, people with less privilege. You know, and then those two words, like I was I was like with a two I was trying to get myself with those two groups. And and then I see like a lot of Good things and bad things happen in both worlds. Some like with those kids, they taking, they they making good choice in their life, and they getting reward after. And also, I saw kids they making bad choice and get it, you know, like bad th bad consequence in both things. So, and also the funny thing was jujitsu make those two worlds collapse, bring it together. So I grew up with a, with a friends. And we uh, we was like me we I, I was you know trying to make as much right uh, things in my life and that's why I get a lot of conse positive consequence. Yeah. But you know, like grow up with them, like make me be get a lot of friends. Even right now, we have uh, Rodrigo Cumprido. It's uh, my childhood friends, wow. Francisco oh. Mendes. So all of them, they training live Jiu Jitsu. The same time. So I saw, like, Fernando Terere was one of the kids. There was another generation, but it was like, was a, we had a, always was like a pretty close to us. So we didn't see, like, grow up in Ipanema. And even when I was a two different, what different by society, economic society, but it was very collapsing together at the same time with jiu-jitsu, where we don't see color of the skin, religion, Money, right. you know, how much money you have in your pocket. You just want to get on the mat, training, help each other, and you build a lot of friendship on that. And we was pushing self, push each other to help to get a, uh, uh, make good decisions in their life. 
you know, and we see like how discipline, more discipline you can put in your life is more result to you as a concept, good, uh, good, positive consequence too. Yeah. So it was friend helping friends. So it was super nice. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. And then like, like you said, two worlds coming together and just in jujitsu, it just becomes yeah. one. Uh, that, that is awesome. So you're, how long were you training in, in Brazil before you came to the U.S.? Uh, you know, Jiu-Jitsu had a different perspective for me. Like I said, as a kid, I was training in Ipanema, and I was just fun. Okay. You know, for my parents, maybe it was a part of help to educate myself, to my behave. You know, for me, it was just good to have fun on the mat and, you know, meet with all the other kids. Later on, uh, when I was a teenager, Jiu-Jitsu became my hobby, I want to do surfing, I want to do soccer, I want to be a professional soccer. Uh, I didn't like to go to school, but I want to be a professional sport, but not jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu was just hobby to, was something fun that I do, you know, something that was not going to stop because helping to keep, uh, to stand for myself. I was always a small kid for my group, give me a lot of confidence. It's something that I want to stop, but I want to be a professional soccer. Later, when I became like a young adult, so I saw the opportunities change. So I, I realized that jiu-jitsu had a lot of opportunities for me to work part of my time. And then I started to make a little money. And then that was the first time that I saw, oh, you know, it's a nice lifestyle. So I don't have, because I was already playing uh, soccer too. And then it's so much job to running and drills and clubs <laughs> oh, yeah. and and deal with a lot of politics. And then jiu-jitsu, I say, you know, like, it's a fun. And I look at my father, that's what the first time that I look Jacare, I say, oh my God, his lifestyle is pretty good. He live, he live one block to the beach, he drives his bike, he goes to the academy, teach jiu-jitsu training. He left. It's like he's not working one single day. And that's, I say, you know, I think that's, uh, I'm gonna start to do this more often. And then I started part of my job, then became not a hobby anymore, but became more competitions, get out of the hobby, get out, get, became now like a, a performance. Yes. And then later when this, uh, then I got uh, invited to go to Sao Paulo. I was 21 years old, black belt. I, I moved oh, okay. to Sao Paulo, also in Brazil, to work with Fabio Gurgel. I was already black belt, and I went there to get more opportunities as a job. Then it was a full-time work. That's when I realized, okay, now it's a full-time job. Now I don't go to nowhere. I'm going to be a, a, a professor. I'm going to be a jiu-jitsu athlete. Then I'm going to be a jiu-jitsu professor. I'm going to run my own school later. And then I decided to live this lifestyle. And then I was in Sao Paulo from 20, 21 years old until like 13, uh, 12, uh, 2013, like, yeah. So that's when I decided to come here was, uh, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago. And then before this, I was to, used to, used to compete so much in the United States, traveling with athletes to, to compete. Uh, I was competing science 2000, you know, United States, super fights, competition, and uh, in and out, like, but not really like uh, working or not doing anything with jiu-jitsu. Right. And then, and then I decided to move because the whole jiu-jitsu community moved to California. The world's competition, my position, the team, 
was requiring was required that uh, I need somebody over here locally that can run <clears throat> the team, but also can open opportunities that uh, those are the same opportunities that change my life. I want to became I want to make the team became a, this platform that can change people's life. You know, the same change that I was in my life and changed not just me, but all my family life. So I want to see others have the same thing. And I knew that I moved to United States. It's going to help more people to do exactly the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, just looking at, at your man, you, I could tell you've helped a lot of people. <coughs> There's quite a few people here. And now, if, if I could backtrack a bit, uh, you started, you said you started helping out and becoming an instructor. Mm -hmm. uh, what rank did you start helping out? You know, my professor was well, super nice. I don't know if he wants to motivate me or if he was like, if you want to see, he was looking opportunities. But the first time he asked me to help, I was like orange belt. I was a kid. Wow, he was saying, oh, you, awesome. had, you had to be helping like a, uh, helping with the kids class. I don't know if it was um, because uh, he think that I, I know something was my talent or was just because, you know, like, man, you need to behave, you know, like I do the same thing. Some kids that not behave, I say, hey, you have to be my helper. You have to be the coach. Because if you if you yes. do something, the other kids are going to do something oh, wrong. Yes. But you cannot tell this to them. No. Just bring this guy as a, prof as a, as a helper. Okay, yeah. you'll be my assist. Okay, yeah. so help me in the class. And then you give this status. Now you have... That silly kid has a good behavior, and then everybody follow him. So I don't know if he really wants to me be a coach, or if he wants to, you know, just like uh, be a, make sure that I behave a good behavior in the <laughs> class. But I start when I was a orange belt, and then as a blue belt, and like, and uh, uh, I was always just getting more opportunities and more responsibilities, and I was taking them very serious. All like this. Uh, uh, status that I was getting, or oh, now you're the head coach, now you're this coach, now you're this kids coach. So I was really taking serious, making like a follow the, the program, giving my best to them. And I fall in love to be teaching and to be oh, in this, in this uh, environment. That's awesome. I mean, I, I don't know if it, it was the same for you. However, when I first, my first class that I taught, I was a, I was a blue belt, but I was nervous. <laughs> and for me, when I get nervous, I start getting sweaty. And when I get sweaty, on my solar plex, the center of my chest, that's the first thing that gets full of sweat. Uh -huh. So I remember my first class, and it was with four- and five-year-olds. So I was like, oh, man. However, I fell in love with it. So, that I mean, my question is, did you have – were you nervous? Do you remember the first class that you taught? Were you nervous? Uh -huh. Were you calm? Oh, I don't exactly remember my first class. Yeah. I remember like some of those class, but I still nervous I step on the mat today, you know, but I think it's something connect with, uh, you want to give your best, That is correct. you know, and the community give the best, like uh, you have to be always like, like, uh, like outdoor analyzing yourself, like researching like new things. If I'm coach athletes, I go I go check like what's who's he's gonna fight, what the people doing. Like I, I need to know my my uh, my athlete. I need to know who's he's gonna fight and what rules he's gonna fight. So it's a it's a full job for me, oh, and I wanna make the best because I wanna see how long he he have to training, and I wanna make sure that he go. He go with a confidence with nobody will beat him uh, technical because then it will be my mistake, you know. So uh, I have to make sure that uh, he's, he'll be he'll be training strategy and uh, technical perspective will be my position. So I still shaking. I step for one seminar. 
I step for one class. I go to the kids' class, adult class. I travel for seminar. So every time that step on the mat, my commitment is to give my best. And I'm, and I'm, I'm nervous because I want to make sure like the white belt have the best experience in their life. And true. to provide the best experience of life that somebody sometimes doesn't know what, like the, it's a first class. It's a very challenging, you know, yeah. and, and like that's, that this make me nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Uh, so you're 21. That's when you earn your black belt, correct? You said 21. So you're here. Did you start competing before that? Or were you at, as a black belt, you said, I'm a, I'm a compete more and I'm gonna try this competing stuff. Yeah, like I said, like my first competition was in '86, 1986, oh, as a yellow old. belt. I was one years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 45 now. You know, like, oh, uh, but uh, uh, I was 10 years old, my first <laughs> tournament. You know, uh, and then, like I said, like the competition back at the time was something more uh, hobby. I don't tell something that I want as nice. It wasn't nice. Competition never was nice for me. I was always nervous. It was a war. It was going to the war. It's like, you know, kill somebody or die to oh, die killing, yeah. trying to kill somebody. But like I competed since I was like a kid. I never stopped to compete. So, oh, but I always was like, I never was like, competing everything. I was not the competitor that competes everything. So I was, but I was very clear for me, what should I compete? What, what jiu-jitsu was representing my life? So I knew at science, like very early, I knew it that, I, okay, like what's, who is my, who am I in the jiu-jitsu? And what's, what's my purpose, purpose of my life in jiu-jitsu? So when you know who you are and you know what's the purpose of your life, you know what you have to do. Because the competitions for me was, was something that I want to change. I knew that jiu-jitsu is going to change my life. It's going to change my family's life, my brothers, my, my mom, my father. So I know that jiu-jitsu is going to change your life. And competition was just a part of that thing. was not just competing. was not just be a world champion. It's not just, but competition will do it. So every time that I got invited to compete, every time that I got invited to teach or do something else, the question that I was asking myself, if this gives me putting me close to my goal or this was taking me away from my goal. Got it. That was easy to make, to understand like, uh, and give myself discipline for the, for, for everything that I wants to do. So yeah. competition was always part of my life, but some, some of those, those tournament has more, pre, uh, uh, priority depending on what time that wasn't, that wasn't, but I also, I was, you know, going to school, college, I was, you know, doing something else and were, were tournaments big back in the day and were they in the point system or was it just whoever gets the first submission you know i can tell that uh i saw the federations born so as a kid i remember like slam you know footlock everything was allowed there are no actually rules What? You know, oh like, but yeah, like yellow belt is like, it's not every school. They have a, they have a perfect technique to open guard. So a lot of schools will say, okay, just stand up, lift and smashing the ground. Are you serious? And it was allowed for kids. <laughs> for kids? Yeah. That was a technical. <laughs> oh <my. you> know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so later on, they start changing. So the Federation realize that, okay, some position get more injuries than others. 
And also those injuries, it's more it, it happens in this group of age and not this group of age. And then they start like making the change. You know, kids, let's protect the neck of the kids. Let's protect oh, yes. the, these. And then our slam, it's, uh, it's dangerous for adults too. Or uh, heel hook. Used to have a footlock, a new bar, every, everything for blue and purple belt. And then, they, but the number of injuries was big. The numbers of uh, uh, good athletes absent in competition was big. And that wasn't good to sport. No, it wasn't. You want to make sure that, like, the next Bushesha, the Bushesha in the blue belt, he's going to compete next competition again. <laughs> yeah. So let's make something that they can't, they, but at sometimes they don't have maturity yet to understand. And they're going to kill each other right. trying to, you know, uh, win the tournament. But okay, let's make a rules that protect them because they don't know how to protect themselves. The yeah. commitment behind to be a, a world champion is so high, so they're going to kill himself. So the federation started putting rules regarding protect the, the athletes, you know, and make the sport don't lose the the essence, like the the you know the philosophy, the, the, the rep, yeah. yeah. So they, that's why the the change, the rules was changed, and the rule is still changing right now, you know, regarding to to keep like uh, the efficiency as, as a grappler martial art, but also uh, also to protect like uh, the. Uh, athletes and it's a long-term sport so a lot of other martial arts like you cannot sparring for all your life you have a sort of time for your performance that is correct the good thing jiu-jitsu because it's a lot of it's a it's a there are a lot of breakdowns like you we break the divisions in group of age we break the divisions also in level of experience and we have a lot of belts we break the experience also as a as a uh, weight. So it's pretty fair tournaments. So you're going to find somebody in your age group, in your weight class, mm -hmm. and also with your level experience in the belt. So okay. make it pretty fair. And also the rules protect you by age regarding the history that you have, the injuries. So we, as a kid, we have this protection as a, for, for shoulders and neck, for for masters or seniors or we have this protection or we cannot allow it to like some knee like and for the adults everything's allowed wow <laughs> but when you say everything's allowed for the adults it starts at a certain rank or a white belt because i know heel hooks and leg locks they're only allowed at a certain level right or am i yeah no you're confused? right like yeah. yeah brown and black belt is allowed yeah. all all kind of submission it's still there are some submissions that happens a lot of no gi not allowed with gi so, really? like, heel hooks allowed for no gi, but not allowed with gi. But uh, we have uh, knee bars and all, yeah. a, lo a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, submissions, calf slides, bicep slices, uh, a, lot of, a lot of submissions that it's allowed uh, as, a, as a black belt adult, brown and black belt adult, because we expect they, they be competing for a longer time, they're very professional. Yeah. But as older you, you, you're getting, so you make those rules become more more soft to protect and make sure that uh, we have a long, long-term career. career. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know what? That You got me right there where the no-gi and the gi, the, the, I think you said heel hook. Yeah. Why is it allowed in no-gi and not allowed in gi? Because that's something really new. Uh, 
you know, I think w I, I don't know what bring the decision to IBJJF mm -hmm. to make that change. But uh, he hook was not. That was the first year that uh, the first year the first tournaments that I actually no gi IBJJF was allowed with heel hooks. Wow! Because all no gi tournaments they make heel hooks allowed. Jiu Jitsu, Jiu IBJF was the only rules that was not allowed, you know. And uh, we kind of was losing students. With I don't think was losing students, but uh, I think the Jiu Jitsu athletes that compete with Gi, they was losing uh, opportunities and losing fights because they not get used to. Heel hook is a game that changes so much the dynamic of the fight, and when he when he's allowed. Make the it's change the way you pass, change the ways that you 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 play guard, change the way you scramble. But when he's allowed, now like like it means that uh, like your perspective, like your strategy has to be different. Yeah. So yeah. So, so this is a That's new change that IBJJF put in the jujitsu uh, no gi that I think will help. And I think honestly, you know. I think with gi also they should they should add this with gi too. That's that's quite interesting. That's and that I'm glad to hear that. I mean, uh, honestly, I've done different terms not jujitsu. I mean, I want to get more into them, but you know, it's always I always just that gotta show up. You just yeah. gotta show up. I mean, don't think too much of it and just show up. Just show up. Yeah. So um, coming back to uh, you started competing at I mean already as a brown belt as a black belt. Tell me about your first victory. Uh, the, the, for, uh, was it uh, was it the Panams or wasn't the Panams? Was it, it was the one of the biggest. Uh, uh, I think like the first awards tournament yeah, was in '96. Yeah. I was brown belt. The first one, I wow. was brown belt. Yeah. And how was that like? It was uh, it was amazing. It was uh, that was some? It was like a World Cup, you know, like for oh, those man. those fans, the sport. Imagine like as well. It was uh, like we was fighting Olympic. Oh, was something big, you know. We have uh, was the first time that we was in Brazil. There was a lot of international fighters that are always like a, a lot of like a Brazilian that were the traveling to go to that to the big tournament. So it was pretty was pretty big tournament with a lot of sponsors, TVs, cameras. You know, oh for uh, for me that was my perspective. You yeah. know. So for me, it was pretty big deal. I was 20 years old and like was amazing oh to be part of God. that thing. I was a brown belt and uh, and uh, that was the feeling. And win that tournament was amazing because it uh, was giving me uh, like more, more, I was getting even more motivated to go to go to compete to training then i knew it that i was in the i was in the right sport i was in the right you know patch that sounds awesome i mean i can only imagine showing up all these people there these tvs and was there i mean was there a crowd back then was it was like, crowd was very crowd wow, was super nice man. and then in the in the next follow years was the same thing so it was even better and then i was already black belt and then and then, but it was a super nice experience to be involved oh, with those guys man. and see like those big names, you know, competing, you know, like Fabio Gorgel, Liborio, Murilo Bustamante, yeah. uh, you know, all those big names, Hoyler, you know, like, oh, yeah, so some, <laughs> you know, like everybody competing at the same time. So yeah. it was pretty, was, well, Cause a that, lot of privilege to be at that time. Yeah, because at that time, the, the crazy name was already, you was, well, 
well known throughout, right? It will because I mean uh, the Gracies they came in and then were they already known throughout throughout yes, Brazil and everything yes, they were right? They, they, so yeah, so it must they, have been nice seeing them there and like wow. Yeah, so they was very active by the time. So we can we I, were, we also see saying. them competing. They was very like in the tournament, coaching, competing. So they was very active back in the time, yeah. you know. So yeah, that was that was super nice. Yeah, oh, and see man. and be with them competing sometimes against them was like, but uh, and at the same time like develop like a friendship because the same time it was different was a uh, different flags. At the same time, we have one big flag as Jiu-Jitsu. Yes. So, like, we, yeah, and you can feel that. We are bigger r- r- rivals because we are part of different teams. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we are all together. We are all Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's nice to have that competitiveness side. Uh-huh. However, at the end of the day, shake hands. You want to go grab a bite to eat? Let's go. Exactly. You know? It's like a, yeah. like a brother. Like, you know, yeah. like, I can, I can fight with my brother, but nobody will touch my brother. So, you don't have a... Every, anyone that from out of jiu-jitsu, different martial arts talk about the martial arts, like, you don't care who... They cannot talk about no. nobody. No. No. I'm the only one can talk about my guys. Nobody talks. That is correct. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, um, just, just reading through, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you had, and I'm putting this in a nice way, a nemesis per se, like uh, somebody named Marcio Feitosa. You went up against him a couple of times. He was always at the tournaments you were in, and you guys went back and forth. Can you tell me more about that experience? Yeah, Marcio Feitosa was like, you know, like the rocks that you have in your shoes that are, <laughs> oh my God, that it was hard to get out because it's glued. It's not like, really? yeah. Because uh, he was like, he was, a, he was a very good athlete. He was always stronger than me. Oh, but I was good. I was fast. So uh, my strategy always was like fast. I want to be faster than everybody else. I want yeah. to show as much jiu-jitsu. He's, he was very strategy guy, very strong, very strategy, and he don't make mistakes. Wow. But the biggest problem, you know, was a lot of politics behind that, you know, yeah, and man. he was the biggest name in the Gracie Barra, you know, oh, and the people who, okay. who organized the whole tournament. So... Beat Mas Feitosa was like, you know, it's like a, you want to play video game? You have to yes. beat everybody to go to the boss. <laughs> All right. And the boss have a superpower, you know? So he don't want to lose. Like, even when you almost close, if he hit you one, it's like, it's enough. So for you, for you, for you, yeah. So it's, it's like a beat the boss of the video game. But uh, as a personality, we was, uh, we became friends because they're, we were big rivals, yeah, but rivalry. we always respect. So we we build this respect so much, and he's what he, Shaolin, Leo Santos. That are, that we was a, a group that was we was push each other because he knew that I gonna I'm not gonna go to nowhere. We're gonna be in this that division. Yeah. I knew it that he's gonna be in that division. <laughs> so we was like a helping others to be, you know, like just training even more and performance in the next tournament. So it was a lot of back and forth. And uh like you know, but I have this extra as a bonus, you know, because I was fighting against like uh, the the boss of the of the, the of the video game. <laughs> that, that is insane. <laughs> I mean that must have been a nice rivalry to have because even though it was a rivalry you two got better because you two were just going up against each other. So any little mistake that you two made could have been it. And uh, I mean, personally, when I go up against someone like that, that I, and more stand up than anything, I feel like I get better myself because now I get to study myself. And 
unfortunately around that time cell phones were not that big so mm-hmm. were, were a lot of matches being recorded at that time or you know that uh that uh Paqueta was the only guy I remember that I used to you know recording a lot of this uh he died a long time ago I don't know right. like uh, but he's the one have uh, amazing like so much uh but i don't know like he has a lot of tapes yeah all the tapes vhs so people sometimes they say no i didn't see your fight it's yeah. so like you need a vhs to see my fights like people nowadays with podcast they don't know what a vhs is like maybe if like i start a vintage vintage and they started people's gonna yeah but uh yeah probably yeah so he is the one that was making video recording everything back in the time and uh yeah, but I, I myself, like, oh, like I said, like, I was a poor kid that didn't have like any, a, any pictures. I don't have a video, so I was relying my, in my, in my rich friends that I, <laughs> that I have a pictures, and sometimes that they, they we find some. Hey, Leo, look at this picture. I say, oh my mm. god, like, you know, like, but we even like even like we don't have so many like pictures. So we, we don't have those social media back at the time. Oh, no. So we want you. He wants to just like you know go out and you know mess it up yeah. everything. And it was good that way. Back then, camera, roll of film, and hopefully have plenty of roll of film because yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I, for one way, I tell is uh, you know we was blessed and lucky that we don't have social media back at that time. Otherwise, <laughs> are we not gonna be what we had or we we, we used right. to? Or everybody's gonna be in the jail? <laughs> That's true. Because like oh, we yeah. all we have all we change the all we change the attitude or yeah. you know all we will say oh no like oh we say oh, man we're in trouble you cannot you cannot do this you know like <laughs> we, oh man so can you give me a um and if you recall a list of the tournaments that you've won and is there one in particular that you could go back to and say you know that one was I enjoyed that one that one felt so good to win. You know, ADCC was the was one of those tournaments because <clears throat> uh, I tried two times. The first time was a very unique uh, tournament. First, because it was fighting Abu Dhabi. You know, back in the wow. time, like in two thousand, so it was like man, two thousand traveling to Abu Dhabi was like back in the time, like so much. So it was very the 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 culture, the lifestyle was very different. And when I got invited to fight, they didn't let me fight uh, in the 66th division. So because there are some politics, oh, there are always okay. politics always, and everything. Yeah, so I couldn't fight in 66. I was only allowed to fight at 77, one division bigger. And I fought this division. I lose. I make the third place, third or fourth place in my first Abu Dhabi. But I fought against Marker would give me a lot of name and respect because he was double of my size with 120 kilos. Wow. Like, and I, I was with, just with a 67 or 70 kilos. Oh my goodness. So was, uh, but the fight was draw after 10 minutes. Wow. And like, and then and be, and get, and give me a lot of uh, attention because he was mm-hmm. such a big guy. He was destroying everybody and he couldn't do much with me. So that fight was bring me a lot of attentions to my career. Was give me a lot of confidence as a to as a fighter, and and again I was I was a young black belt, and that Abu Dhabi ADCC was paying a price a very good money it was ten thousand dollars. Oh, but ten thousand dollar 
in two thousand. That was, was a lot of money. Yes, it was. So, and uh, and beside the respect, beside the prestige, beside the whole thing, the comp- the, re- the competition was representing. You know, because they were putting a lot of different grapplers and martial arts together, win that tournament, have a very good uh, a prize. And for two times, I got invited to fight in the division that wasn't mine. And I was first, I was making good tournament, but I was fr- frustration myself fighting 77 kilos. When the first time they let me fight in 66 was in Brazil. I win the tournament. Nice. And, uh, and then, uh, and then later, I win the next time. Then the later on, it was 2005. I win again. Was in United States, and then I awesome. compete a lot of like I, I always was in the first, second, or third place in this Abu Dhabi. I was one of the the, the most the athlete that most fight uh, right. ADCC. Was the competition that opened a lot of opportunities for me? Like I said before, uh, there was the. Uh, I was training, competing Jiu Jitsu was always to change my life. So mm-hmm. the prize. The prestige, the respect that this competition bring to my life, change not just my life, but change a lot of people's life from my family, mm-hmm. from my for my jiu-jitsu, from my career, for the for the team that I was growing. So, it's a competition that I have a I have a, a lot of a, a lot of a lot of love, a lot of respect. Yeah. Oh, of course, man. beside the jiu-jitsu, IBJF, and everything, what they did to us, of course. Yeah. Oh, that that's awesome. I mean. <laughs> I'm, I've never been to Abu Dhabi. I just hear it's beautiful, and to hear from you, I feel like it's great. I mean, it's it, that's one of the biggest tournaments there is, right? Also, ADCC. Yeah, it, for, especially for no gi, it's like a no World gi. Cup no gi ADCC is one of the biggest, you know. And they do a pretty good job every two years right now. How like, how was your transition from gi to no gi? What, did you find it to be easy, or did you have quite some time to a challenge for it? No, it was a very challenging the first one because the first one I didn't have, I didn't have any specific training no gi. I take out my gi, I went to 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 compete, but I I felt that if I train more specific, I will have a better opportunities. And then after that competition, all my training camps I have gi and no gi, and. Even like uh, when we fought, when I was already coach, it was a, later on when I was already coach, professor here on my own place, I was making all my training camps, like with my athletes, training gi and no gi every single day. That's awesome. We didn't have a no gi tournaments. We only had a Abu Dhabi every two years. But I was Ooh. telling them, I say, look, this sport one day will be good, big. Yes. And when they become big, you guys are going to become the best. Wow. So I was telling them, you know what's funny? Those guys was like purple, brown, black belts, young age. But those guys was the guys who, Robert Drysdale, Alexandre, uh, uh, João Cis, you know, uh, Lucas Leite, uh, Galvão. All right. So uh, all those guys was the, was training with gi and no gi. And they and they didn't know, and even myself, I didn't know how important could be no gi. But when we went to the next Abu Dhabi after we training, because we were training without know that Abu Dhabi is going to open for trials. But I oh, knew okay. that we have to train specifically to get better. And I knew it that we training gi and no gi every single day. So we're gonna we're gonna upgrade our game as a jiu-jitsu, but also as a no gi. 
And then when Abu Dhabi opened up trials, they opened the trials, we was able to qualify so many athletes. So this tournament, in one particular tournament, I was fighting under 6-6 division. I got second place. From 7-7 division, I have, uh, in the camp, we have uh, André Galvão and uh, Pablo Popovic represent uh, my team. And both, and one get second, or the other get third place. Wow. And then we got, then we get Damian Maia wins. Then we get Robert Drysdale. He plays second place in his division. And he win in the open class. Wow. Beating Marcelo Garcia in the final. And third place in the open class was uh, André Galvão. So wow. we place every every athlete's place. We place very good performance. Yeah, so And the reason great. why was because back two years before this, training. we training no gi. No. Very specific when nobody was training. That is insane. That and that's great from you that you foresaw that. You said, you know what, Nogi is going to be great. You know, yeah, and that's training. why I tell. Like usually, even right now, like you have to be honest with what you want, or what kind of performance you want. You know the way that you, the Nogi develop themselves. Before this, you have one tournament every two years, but right now there are there are Nogi tournament every month. Every month, there are more tournament Nogi than with Gi. So regarding to performance in both, it's very hard. You know, you cannot have a best performance with gi and no gi. So, so people is making decisions if it performs with gi or no gi. I mean, no gi and gi are very popular terms. Why, why do you think no gi is becoming a little bit more popular? It's uh, because the media, the way the media push, also like a UFC, you know, like uh, uh, helps helps so yes. much to push the grappling. And no gi is something between jiu-jitsu with gi and MMA. So they kind of put, they put, he established kind of in the middle. But, you know, make it very easy to a blue belt and black belt have a very similar game and very like uh, competitive. But uh, if you put uh, the same blue belt with the same black belt with gi, there's no way. Because jiu-jitsu is more technical. It's there more yeah, grips. Yeah. It's more very technical. Yeah. No gi makes scramble a lot. So yeah, conditional true. training means a lot. Oh, but but uh but uh but competition develops sports. So because of the, the there are so many competitions, no gi, so like develop a lot of technicals behind the sport. And of course nowadays the way the way it is like you cannot just train with gi and go to compete no gi. You can be good, but you cannot have the best. You don't. You're not gonna have the best like uh, experience or the best technical to fight yes. no gi. So you should have like training specific for you regarding to specific performance in the sport. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. And I mean, I you can't answer the question right there. MMA, UFC, Bellator, PFL. They that's no gi. That's basically their. Right there, there, there's really no key, no grips and everything. Different grips, different grips. Yeah, you know, and at the I'm... same time, they're very similar. Also, they're very different. Because I used to say, I used to compare like, a, it's a rugby and American football. Oh. You know, maybe, maybe if yeah. you move from one sport to the other one, you can be very good. But maybe you can be worse. It's yeah. not going to find yourself, That's you know. It's so like a, a soccer and futsal. You know, it's uh, it's changed some rules or changed some uh, like a dynamic of the the speed of the 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 the, the game, and then changed the whole thing. You know, so that's why that's the way I see jujitsu and uh, nogi. So it's very similar. 
you can make one game be very, very, very useful for both, you know, but, but it's a very, also it's very unique and specific. Like there's yeah. some position that work with gi and there's some position that only going to work with no gi. Wow. All right. I get it. Okay. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> just all this processing and that's, I'm glad I heard it from you. So Checkmat, uh, when did you found Checkmat? What, what year? You know, it was 2008. 2008. Uh, was, uh, I think I was a first rate, uh, got in, like first rate to be in the teams that not really look what the, what the athletes and student really needs. And then I I would decide to you know to make to give a voice for these people that not have the same privilege, yeah. and then Checkmate became like their voice became like okay that's the way that's gonna we'd be fair we'd be equals that's the that's the we're gonna you know opportunities so I. We build the checkmate. I, I don't build the checkmate by myself. It was right. a dream that I have a lot of other people dreaming together to have a, to be part of the, the sport, but also able to live, to live uh, over like a, a code, a code of, uh, of life that uh, we, we put uh, moral values in front of titles and belts. Yeah. So it's really important to us that the moral values that we build than the title that we have. So this way it's easy to know who belongs to to be enjoy us on the mat and who's not. Oh. So it's a change behave from inside to outside. Yeah. And how do you come up with the name Checkmate? Because I'm assuming that's Checkmate in English, mm -hmm. in English right? So yeah. How, how do you come up with that name? Or you know, uh, we was rushing to find a name. Because we need a, na a new name to the tournament, and like every name that we was trying, like uh, trying to ask, was a uh, like a uh, brainstorm was hard to to understand. It was looking funny. It doesn't look like even right. like uh, those this you know checkmate yeah. became. My wife was the one that threw this name first. Oh, why don't we use a checkmate? I said, come on, like checkmate. <laughs> you know, I know, like uh, come on, yeah. like, but in. Thinking twice, I say, you know, guys, like in the meeting was, the, uh, I know, you know, we have to make a decision. Doesn't matter what name we pick, always going to look funny. Let's right. just get something that will make more sense. You know, we don't care. The, the name is important. It's going to show who we are. But our attitude will be the more important. Who we are is going to be very important. How are we going to give that respect to this name? And then I give the example. Let's take this as an example. Checkmate, you know. Look, we can take this. I think it's nice because, uh, you know, the name means like, you know, like a submission, like yeah, a checkmate. Check so when check they finish the game. Yeah, so that's what you look at as a goal. At the same time, you know, it means, it means, uh, uh, king debt, you know? So yeah, let's, king. if you take, let's take the last word, it would be Matt. Matt is like the place. Yeah. So the Matt is square. Like the match we fight is square, the chess yeah. board is square. square. Everybody always compare the chess game with jiu-jitsu. Yeah, uh, you know, you have the black and white. And for us in Brazil, we have a word that say, like, we our our words and attitude has to be black and white. If right yeah. or wrong, like there no, yeah. like you have to be honest with yourself. Like they make yes. so like you know, like let's play with the color, let's play with the king. We have a different different like a. Uh, 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 
uh, level of a belt at the same time the chairs have a different like a piece yeah. do you know like a, and then I start to even look about like closer game about chess and then I see like that a closer game over a lot of crazy different strategy which is making really sense you know <laughs> and then we make this change and then like we got this name we like it and became very like uh, popular and you know and unique and everybody who really liked the logo the name and yes. how, what's the name you represent in the yes. you know in the sport i mean i i love chess so that's why i wanted to ask that question because uh -huh. i love chess and checkmate i mean it and jiu-jitsu and no every time it it, it is true what you say everyone compares jiu-jitsu to chess because mm -hmm. yeah. it's like you're you know you always got to be two steps ahead mm -hmm. Or sometimes you got to give something to get something in exactly. return. You just have so. to make sure that whatever whatever you take back is bigger than what you give. Yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah, you can't you can't trade a knife for a pawn or whatnot because yeah. not, that's not good for you. Uh, well, Mr. Riera, I I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Is there Welcome. anything you would like to say or promote? I mean, I know you got some students coming up in a fight, you know, anything you would like to say? Yeah, we always have a people to compete and fight. Yes. And I think that uh, the only one to say, I want to say thank you so much, you know, like we have more like these uh, podcasts and more like it's, yes. uh, it's the way that we can spread our yes. sport, the way we can spread our idea, our, our perspective, you know, how we see the sports, you know, and as a checkmate, Our goals, it's always was to develop a, this, a big network that we can, that can make athletes, professors, students perform us their lifestyle. Yeah. We don't push like athletes to compete. We don't push only one lifestyle. We believe that everybody has something to perform us. So people want to perform us as a hobby. Some people will perform us in competition. Some people can perform us as a, as coaching professor. But uh, it's a beautiful martial arts. It's yeah. a beautiful uh, way for we communicate ourselves to learn those moral values that we always talk so much, you know, and it's really important. Like daily, you learn so much. And at uh, Jiu-Jitsu, it's, it's a super nice. So I challenge every, everyone that <clears throat> doesn't know Jiu-Jitsu to, you know, to challenge yourself for two, at least like... I like a couple of weeks because usually the first week it's so embarrassing. So, oh, yeah. but if you cross that week, it's gonna be something amazing. It's gonna change so much of your life. It is. It is. Trust me. I mean, I, when I started jujitsu, I, I, for me, because I mean, I've experienced loss and everything, but for me, it felt so great to be treated like a rag doll all across the room. I was <laughs> laughing. I was like, I love this. This is awesome. I want to learn more. Yeah. And that's the attitude you got to take towards it. You got to be yeah. positive. I mean, because. Yeah. That there's someone always better than you. Like someone's yeah. always a bigger fish in the sea. So you're located in Signal Hill, right? Yes. Signal Hill, California. Is there any other studios that you have around? Oh, we have uh, so many affiliations around. Okay. We have uh, all, over 100 affiliations in the United States. Wow. You know, and yeah. and uh, and 300 more overseas. You know, we have uh, we have affiliations almost in every states in the United States. Uh, you know, and like we're a pretty big family. You know, yes. and you look for everybody as the, you know, like the same as us and, you know, give opportunities for everybody. Doesn't matter what nationality, what is the, his lifestyle. So it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very big family. We have our issues too. Like yes. as a, every family, we have our dramas. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, but at the end of the day, the respect, you know, the loyalty, 
the friendship, the empathy, it's yeah. bigger than everything. Oh, yes, that is true. Well, Ms. Riera, thank you so much for your yeah. time. I appreciate it, sir. You have a good one. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next time.